Hello, and welcome to Fidelity Connects, a Fidelity Investments Canada podcast, connecting you to the world of investing and helping you stay ahead. Today on the show, Michelle Monroe, Director of Tax and Retirement Research, speaks about how Fidelity Investments Canada champions women's issues and highlights research and trends regarding women and their finances. This is all in celebration of International Women's Day, recognized worldwide every March. Michelle speaks to host Catherine Black, Director of Sales Enablement at Fidelity. They discuss how Fidelity highlights this day for women and what activities, events, and projects the company holds on this special day. Michelle also goes into depth about how she approaches the topic of women and investing in her line of work. Michelle is responsible for evaluating and communicating the latest tax and retirement research for financial advisors, but she also educates advisors on how to connect with female investors. She says it's all about communicating to women what's important to them, speaking directly to them about financial security and what their goals are. She notes trends related to education, work and earnings and how things have changed for women in the workforce. She points out the changes in the investment community go beyond just gender diversity. It expands to ethnic diversity as well. This podcast was recorded on March 2nd, 2023. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect those of Fidelity Investments Canada, ULC, or its affiliates. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice. It is not an offer to sell or buy or endorsement recommendation or sponsorship of any entity or security cited. Read a fund's prospectus before investing. Funds are not guaranteed. Their values change frequently and past performance may not be repeated. Fees, expenses, and commissions are all associated with fund investments. Thank you for joining us today, Michelle. We're very excited to have you here. And happy International Women's Day. Happy International Women's Day, Catherine. It's it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, let's kick things off and start right at the beginning. You've been actively involved with recognizing International Women's Day at Fidelity for many years now. Can you talk to our audience about what are some of the most some of the activities that you're most proud of so far? All right. You know, International Women's Day is one of my most favorite days of the year because it really kicks off with my gal pal group sending each other texts, happy International Women's Day, and it really sets the tone for the day. And it's celebrating the accomplishments, the growth that women have made in work, in our client base, and in broader society as well. And personally, I feel proud to work with so many accomplished, strong, talented women like yourself, Catherine, and the clients that we work with as well. So you asked about, well, what sort of activities do we do? Well, people who've tuned in for this, we do a Fidelity Connects webcast talking about, we're going to get into female investors, Uh, but also this is probably my busiest time of the year, supporting the sales team. The whole week is breakfast, lunch, and dinners, and going and meeting with clients and investors talking about women and investing. So what am I proud of when it comes to those activities? I've been doing this for a few years now, and I think back like five plus years ago, it's a generalization. It was more about women supporting other women. And whereas I look at it today, 
it's about, it's much more balanced. It's women and men hosting events for both women and men. And I think like if you're using today as an example, well, we're a host and guest, both female, but there's a number of men behind the group making this all happen. And our audience is both women and men. And that really links into the theme of International Women's Day, which is embracing equity. So I'm, I'm just proud, grateful to be working at a company that really helps facilitate that. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. It's so excellent to see the evolution over the years. So let's talk about some of the examples and ways that Fidelity supports the advancement of women and their relationship with their advisors. What are you talking to the advising community about these days? So I'm really focused, when I talk with advisors, focusing on female investors and how it's really an opportunity for us to be looking at, identifying, connecting with, and really building our business. What else is goes on is, is within Fidelity is that we host a number of tables at women's leadership events. We also have some senior female leaders who are speaking at those roundtable events. So it, that's very encouraging. As well as there's the Women's Leadership Group, which is an employee resource group, which is about diversity, inclusion, equity. And they have an event today as well, as well as they have these events. It's not, it's not a one and done event. These types of things Absolutely. happen all year round. And uh, where, where we want to get into as well is about, well, how does Fidelity support that? And, you know, Fidelity, we're a global company. We're not just here in Canada, US, but around the world. And when people think about Fidelity, they think about the research capabilities and investment research second to none. But that research attitude, the mentality applies to everything that we do. And what we're going to get into today is looking at the research when it comes to women. Women investing, what are their thoughts about finances? What are their invest thoughts about money? And bringing it back to investing, female investors. And that is kind of the core of today is really enabling that research that you've spent so much time looking into. So on that topic, let's look at the research and touch on the trends that we're seeing specifically with regards to the relationship between women and their finances. And perhaps the second part to that, you know, how that's playing in today's opportunities and challenges in the market. So what are you seeing based on the research that you've done? So let's start with the trends. And within the trends, I'm going to have three key areas I want to touch upon, looking at education, then work, and then finally earnings. So mm -hmm. starting with education, starting back in the 1990s, which is coincidentally when I started university, looking at university grads, it was a 60-40 split male to female. It took to about 2010 where we saw parity, 50-50 university grads. And today, women have surpassed men in university graduations, which 53% for females and 40, 47% for men. And the reason wow. I highlight Those are incredible this, numbers. Sorry, like we really to are. see that change yeah. over such mm -hmm. a short time. It's incredible. Yes. And the real... The reason I'm bringing this up is that there's a high correlation between higher education mm -hmm. and higher earnings potential. 
So when it looks at the demographic of the worker, if you will, what this is is a renewal ratio. So now I find this really fascinating stuff. It looks at the proportion of younger workers, and that's defined as 25 to 34, and comparing that to older workers who are age 55 plus. And what this is really highlighting is it's showing that women are growing numbers in the workplace and it goes beyond gender diversity. It really highlights the ethnicity diversity as well. And you can really see that there. And what this is, why I like this is, well, it shows how the diversity is changing within the workplace. But what does that mean for the investment community? And what this really highlights is this is what the future investor looks like as well. So we're looking at gender diversity as well as ethnicity diversity. So we've talked about the education, the works, so the earnings and statistically. So we're seeing an increase in women's earnings, increasing to the family income, an increase in where women are contributing more than 50% of the earnings to that family income. And this is my favorite, well, one of my favorite ones. They were seeing an increase in the number of women who are the in that 1% club, those high income earners, which is over 200, about $250,000. To summarize the trends, okay, we have earning more, contributing more to the household income. And that also means more of the financial decisions and the investment decisions, which is, this is a great trend on international Absolutely. Women's I mean, it's, it's nice to see things evolving over the years and nice to see, you know, women having more of an active part now in the investing world, participating on that front. So that's excellent. It's, so talk about today's, you know, the opportunities, I see some there and then the challenges perhaps that are being right. faced. So some of the challenges is historically and continues to be because it takes time to change people's mental attitudes towards investing is that women are more risk adverse when it comes to investing. Mm -hmm. And some of the anecdotal comments that we get is that, especially with the older generations, that women feel that their biggest regret was not starting investing sooner, to which I would say, no time like the present. The second one is uh, looking, another second challenge is looking at work interruptions. Statistically, as well as my own experience, I have two kids. I took two years of maternity leaves, work interruptions. When those kids were sick, I prioritized to make sure that I was able to take time away from my work to care for them. And it goes beyond children. It's also elder care. And I do find it, I find it encouraging as this, we're looking to changes and trends where it's more normalized that men are now taking more, or the dads are taking more parental leave, the paternity leave. So we do see it, there, there is a shift, but again, these shifts, they take a long time. And the final challenge I wanted to share was looking at life expectancy. Statistically, women outlive men by about three years. Mm -hmm. And women also have an underlying fear of running out of money by age 80. And, you know, I sort of let, yeah, I was reading an article about Oprah. Most people are familiar with Oprah. She grew up very poor. 
And today she is a billionaire, multi-billionaire actually, but she has an underlying fear even today of being penniless. And wow. so I know, and it's not just the article went on and it was a Canadian article that surveyed Canadian women as well. So it's not unique to the U.S. or anything, but it's looking at women who do have that underlying fear, professional women, where it's not a rational fear, but it is a fear just the same. And looking to our own survey that we look at, 50% is about 50% of women said that they couldn't feel happy unless they're financially secure, which really links to the importance of what we're providing, financial comfort, financial confidence, and the overall well-being of women. Absolutely. And you had touched on, you know, you said that this fear typically till living till age 80, what's the average life expectancy for a female uh, in today's research? So a, a man at age 65 could expect to live to just, just over age 84, women age 87. So it's, wow. uh, so it's about three years and the gap is narrowing about five years ago, the gap was about four years. So we're, we're we're getting closer. But the importance of that is thinking is, well, okay, during, I'll say it as a me statement, during my working years, how much more do I need to save to be able to fund those additional retirement years compared to a man? Which I think is so, a good segue leading into the opportunity about, well, how do we connect with our female clients? Uh, again, the research shows that women really want and value professional advice. So there's an opportunity for us to be connecting with female, with our existing female clients and really solidifying, strengthening that relationship. And it's also an opportunity to build our practice with prospective female clients. Absolutely. So you just talked about, you know, connecting with female clients. And so you're one of our subject matter experts on this point. Can you maybe touch on some insights that you can give to advisors around how they can create that connection to help women manage their money and what the, those expectations and what they're looking for is like? Right. It's important. So I often present to women and investors in connection with, with advisors. And um, I share these trends where we see women graduating in, from post-university in higher numbers, higher percentage in the workplace. And one of the things I do is like also to promote that we're seeing more women in senior leadership of companies. And I highlight Wall Street's fearless girl. I and have you to know, say, I Michelle, think... I love this statue every time I go to New York. It's so, it's so inspiring. It really is. I love it. And I, I like it because it really, because it was really commissioned just to be there for a short period, but now it's a permanent feature. And the reason that it's there is why it's permanently there is because it really brought up so much discussion, which is the part that I like the discussion of the importance of having women in senior leadership roles in the boards, in that C-suite, on the senior executive team. And I share this with in our female investors and investors. And consistently what happens is it perks women up because they've then realized like, oh, there's a woman's leadership fund. And, and it's not a product pitch at all, but what it really highlights is how women 
really want to walk the talk when it comes to their money. And they're more likely than men, but it's not to say that men aren't interested as well, but more likely to be to want to invest in ESG, environmental, social, and corporate governance type funds. Uh, women want their portfolios to match their values and their opinions and more likely to consist, consider ESG investing. And another demographic that's also wanting to look at the ESG investing, as well as millennials, the younger generation, they look at that as well. That's excellent. So going back to the research, Fidelity Investments, actually our counterparts in the U.S., released a report that the, in the past that women on average are better investors than men. So is that true? And can you maybe speak to that a little bit more in depth? Well, I will share the results of the research and you can pull together your conclusions. Okay, All sounds right. good. So, and this is this is one of I, I keep saying this favorite pieces of research. Okay, so in 2016, our U.S. counterparts compared uh, female and male investment accounts, and they looked at eight million accounts. So they looked at well, what is the percentage of salary that women are contributing versus men, and it was nine percent for the women versus eight point six percent for the men. And then they looked at the returns. And for the women, it was 6.4% versus 6% for the men. Okay. But those are pretty good results. They're, they're slightly, it's not a huge difference, but they're pretty good. So mm -hmm. then when they asked anecdotally, well, what women thought, less than 10% of the women thought that they would outperform men when it came to investing. Huh. So it, that, to me, Catherine, that really speaks to the confidence level. Because here's like eight million accounts, like investing more, getting slightly more, and getting slightly better returns. Okay. So then they updated the survey in 2021. So and I think 2021. This is a year into the pandemic, and they got similar results. But what I found really encouraging is that. Just over 50% of women said that they were more interested in investing than they were than at the beginning of the pandemic. Interesting. And what would be the cause for that? I think women were more harder hit by the pandemic financially. And so it's it's the mentality is like, I've got to get on this. I need to understand mm -hmm. this. And it also, I want to link this as well to my previous comment, is that women want to work with a financial advisor. So this really comes full circle to that true partnership. And a, a little bit about like on the flip side, when I speak with advisors who've really tapped into this demographic, uh, they're quite candidly, they speak like, well, there is more upfront work to creating a plan with their female clients, setting up that appropriate asset mix. But once they've done that work, then it becomes a much easier relationship. It, most of the work is done, that, that trust is there, they navigate things like market volatility, economic downturns, what have you, inflation, and they really stick to the plan. So I think that that 
I'm, I'm really putting this all together. I think it's a really win-win situation. Absolutely, especially when they're willing to stay the course, right, and not make right. um, changes upon every event that maybe happens. Um, and and we know time in the market is a better oh. strategy than trying to time the market. Absolutely, absolutely. Let's talk about the Fidelity's annual retirement report, which you are the co-author of. Looking at last year's report, you have several comments about how women about women and their retirement plans. Mm -hmm. um, how do women, you know, envision retirement a little bit differently? Well, first I'm going to do a plug for the retirement report. I have a copy of it here. <laughs> it is uh, it's available There's on fidelity.ca. Your sales team can get somebody a copy of that any of our viewers. Um, so it's Fidelity Canada Proprietary Research. We've been doing this for 17 years, so a long that time. That is incredible. And a great it is. set to have. Yeah. And we survey 2,000 pre-retirees who are 45 and older and retirees, and we look at a 50-50 male-female split. Uh, because we've been doing this for 17 years, we get to ask the same questions year in, year out. So what that is, it gives us really longitudinal insights, mm -hmm. as well as we can weave in some questions that are sort of pertinent to what's going on. So think we could talk, ask about COVID and what are perceptions about that volatile markets, about inflation, um, and ask those specific type of questions. So one of the things that I find particularly interesting is about that average age of retirement. And one of the questions we do ask pre-retirees, and we ask them, well, what age do you plan to retire? And we put it into three different buckets. So the pre-65, so 64 and younger, those at 65, and those 65 or over 65. And where we see a steady increase is in that over 65 bucket. So back in 2009, it was about 12%. Today, it's 23%. So that over 65, wow. uh, yeah, is doubled in just over a decade. So I want to highlight, this is when people plan to retire. Mm -hmm. So bringing this back to, well, what's the value that we can be providing? So although somebody's planning to retire, they often end up retiring earlier than expected. Mm -hmm. So let's delve into a little bit about, well, why do people retire earlier than expected? So there's three primary reasons. The first one they didn't downsize, downsize, fired, let go, what have you. So it's a bit of an external factor. Uh, the okay. second reason yeah, is a health reason. And it could be the health reason of the individual, health reason of a spouse or a loved one, think elder care, or even taking care of a child. Um, and the third reason is just fed up. So combine, yeah. <laughs> they're done. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just done. <laughs> so when we combine this with, well, we've gone through COVID, we've gone through some volatile markets and inflation, and certainly during the pandemic, what we found is trying to weave in here the women, female aspect, teachers, nurses. Women in service industries were hit harder by the pandemic, and many of them chose to retire earlier than, inspect, than expected. And this is how we bring in the research 
and what advisors, well, this is, it's a huge life change. And now it's gone off course a little bit where can people, can these early retirees have that retirement dream, that vision that they were hoping for and the value that an advisor can really bring to that, to that relationship. And, you know, there might be some, so you're speaking about some life scenarios that could happen that, you know, around pre-retirement, if that is, where is, you know, how can an advisor be a value add? So what types of conversations or scenarios might present themselves where an advisor can really be lending a helping hand to their female clients at these times? Right. Yeah. And um, we, were, we were talking earlier offline, you had an aunt who was a teacher, had a defined benefit plan. That's right and took early retirement. And that is really a key example mm -hmm. about, okay, so, and it's not, well, neighbor across the street chose the plan because every defined benefit plan is slightly different. Um, and you think about, well, there's, there's a choice. Do you continue with the defined benefit plan or do you take the commuted value? Uh, mm -hmm. Even taking that defined benefit plan, the pension amount, uh, is it indexed for inflation? Not all are. Uh, another consideration is thinking about, well, the employer, I think Stelco, Sears, Nortel, these were big, big companies that mm -hmm. went into financial difficulties and their defined benefit pensioners uh, had reduced because the pension was underfunded, they ended up with reduced pensions. So thinking about these things, and this is where advisors can provide value into taxes, which is my favorite bit, if they take the commuted value of that, well, a portion of that could be rolled into a locked-in retirement account, and a portion of that is taxable when it's taken. What are some of the options there? How Are there an opportunity to try to save taxes? What does that look like? And there's a number of things to be thinking about, uh, but it's a real opportunity for advisors to be connecting with their clients and helping them make, and, and, and for purposes of this conversation, helping their female clients making informed decisions. Right. Absolutely. We only have a couple minutes left. So maybe let's touch as our last question, just around Fidelity's research around the most important drivers, you would say, to facilitate and create a really strong long-term relationship between female clients and their advisors. What would you say? Again, this is Canadian proprietary research. Uh, we asked people what was important or very important in that relationship, although important, but on the lower lower importance, breadth of offerings, and enjoyable to work with. So women aren't necessarily looking for a friend uh, for the, that relationship of their advisor. The two most important ones were looking at trust and knowledge of their needs, the, the female client's needs. Where this really comes into is that and this also aligns with where so many advisors are going towards that goals-based approach. Um, so it's understanding the needs, particularly of their female clients. Are they feeling heard? Building that trust with them. And it, it, it's, it's a bit it's, it's cyclical, but as you go around the cycle, it just gets stronger and stronger. And this 
often I, when I speak with advisors, I'm thinking like, oh, do I have to totally revamp the way I do things? No, it's just small tweaks to change what we're doing and to connect and strengthen those relationships that we, we have with our female clients. Well, Michelle, I think it's time to wrap up, but this was such an engaging conversation. And I just want to say again, happy International Women's Day from me to you. Um, so thank you for being here and speaking to our audience about women as investors, as well as providing tangible ways that advisors can work with their female clients to provide the service and the relationships to foster years of loyal clients. We are thrilled that you chose to join us here today to all of those tuning in. And we hope that this was as valuable to you as it was to me. Um, and it's relevant just not only to our female advisors, but also our male counterparts. So thank you for being here. Wishing you all a very happy International Women's Day. And we look forward to you joining us on Fidelity Connects again very soon. Thanks so much and take care. Thanks for listening to the Fidelity Connects podcast. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to Fidelity Connects on your podcast platform of choice. And if you like what you're hearing, leave a review or a five-star rating. Fidelity mutual funds and ETFs are available by working with a financial advisor or through an online brokerage account. Visit fidelity.ca slash howtobuy for more information. While visiting fidelity.ca, you can also find information on future live webcasts. And don't forget to follow Fidelity Canada on Twitter and LinkedIn. Thanks again. See you next time.